Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to Tech Sisters Stories. Tech Sisters is a community that supports Muslim women in tech through storytelling and sisterhood. My name is Grace, and I get to interview the amazing women in our community, share their stories and the lessons they learned. I hope you enjoy the show. So we are super excited to welcome Aisha as our tech sister. Thank you so much for coming. You're welcome. So let's start at the very beginning. How did you first get into tech? So I first got into tech because of this problem that I was facing when it came to finding Islamic apps that understood exactly my needs as a Muslim woman. I was in a predicament of not being able to find a place to pray my Salah um, when I was out shopping sort of a light bulb moment came to me. I thought, why don't we just make an app that shows prayer spaces nearby, not just mosques, but prayer rooms and hospitals or shopping centres, specify if there are female prayer spaces for certain mosques. I thought initially there should be something out there like this, but I couldn't find anything. Mm. And I thought, well, I'm not the only one. I'm sure I'm not the only one with this issue. And because I felt so strongly about it, I just thought, okay, I'll go make it. Didn't know how I was going to do that, but because of how important the issue was and how much it affected me and how much I know it affects other sisters like me, this isn't my field at all. I was at the time a medical student, um, very much had no like, intention at all of going into tech, but because the issue was so strong, that's how I sort of fell into it. I just thought, okay, well, how do I get this idea into fruition and make it happen? And something that I can use as well as sisters like me. I didn't know anyone at the time who was into tech. I didn't even know about this massive tech world that's out there. <laughs> I remember first thinking, what's the sort of job title of people who make apps? I had no idea that it's called an app developer. I, I know it's so silly, but it just I didn't even know where to start. It was just an idea because it's such an important thing. Yeah. That's what sort of drove me to like, look into it. And I mean, any university degree is quite intensive, but medical school wasn't, you know, it, it was, was, that was on my plate as well as well as family life. But because it was such an important issue, um, I, I, I really wanted to see it through. Mashallah. There's so much that I love in there. I think that pain point resonates with so many women, especially this time of year. Like in the UK, all, you know, you can do all your prayers on one wudu. They're so close together. Mashallah. Yeah. Uh, and I remember when I came here, uh, back from, you know, from where I'm from in America, the prayers are more spaced out. And also, like, when you're shopping in, in those stores, there's always a car park. There's always space around where you could you know, do it outside. And when I came here, and I remember going to, like, Oxford Street in London, and <laughs> there wasn't anywhere. <laughs> there's nowhere you could go. And, um, yeah, so that was quite a shock. <laughs> And alhamdulillah, it's it's so nice and so refreshing that you have this idea. And even though you're really busy with school and family that and you didn't know anything about how to action it, you still had that drive and the passion to see it done. So mashallah, that's so much better for in that and you taking action. It's it's weird. It's not, not the same anymore. It's um <laughs> it, it makes such a difference, I think. Especially if something is really meaningful. Yeah. you'll find somehow even if you don't know you'll somehow get that one step closer mm. so I mean it was just having the right intentions helps because things just came much more easier to me and um, just I mean I was quite guarded at first when I first had the idea I was very selective about who I told and people who I didn't intend on telling happened to provide me with answers I remember just uh, my mom really really wanted me to go meet this family friend of ours I remember thinking, why is mom really pushing us to meet them? 
And then um, I just realized afterwards that apparently they had a son and my mom just wanted to get a conversation going. And then I'm, I'm very much was it, like interested at the time of getting married, at that time to get married. And <laughs> but upon that conversation, there's a blessing of And then... Um, <laughs> And then from that conversation, I found out that actually they had another son who was into the tech world, and that's how it happened. So I really think, um, with good intention, with you know, with good pure intentions, it it sort of, you know, especially it sort of comes things pop up from yeah. from sources you don't even know, and it's just really good to always have reminders and renew your intentions about why you first started something as well, especially when things get difficult. It's just really important to know what why we went into the first place. Yeah. So so hold on. So the developer that you found to build that first version was the brother of this guy that No, no. Ago. So it was so he was into the tech world. So he was like oh, the first. Okay, okay. It was it was from him I was able to um um was I had instructions and that's how we met our developer. Yeah. But that's still that's crazy. So Paul, that that is a lot <laughs> really having a hand in things. Of course, yeah. <laughs> SubhanAllah. And I really like what you said about um, being careful who you tell your ideas to. You know, I was recently reminded of the, the story of Prophet Yusuf salam, and how his father told him to be careful of who he tells his dreams to. Mm-hmm. And that's so true for us today, I think. You know, it's, it's so easy to overshare and, and, and be unguarded with what our dreams and ambitions are. But we have to remember to tell, you know, be careful who you tell it to, tell it to the right people. Yeah. I think it was more about- safe. Yeah, it's, I think it's more about the fact that I wanted to keep sort of my intention pure and pure and not, and I, to be fair, when I first started this, I didn't want anyone to know it was me doing this. I it was purely a sort of Safajaria reason and I just wanted to basically maximise as much as I could. And then when you meet the Queen and someone takes a picture that's like spread <laughs> around our university, um, social media is then really hard to keep that quite quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, for for it was it was not. I mean, there's no benefit of people knowing that it's me doing it. It's I just wanted um it to benefit a lot of people and inshallah get a lot of reward and um it sort of pay off in the day judgment was my is my intention behind it. And but then also at the same time because unless unless people had to know a working relationship, then of course. But if of it wasn't course, necessary, yeah. I just I'm someone who really struggles with compliments and praises and. It, for that reason, that's why I was quite selective about who I told. Um, but yeah, you know, it is that is a really good reminder of yeah, it's through a perfect Yusuf as well. Yeah, I was just laughing for someone who struggles with compliments. You have so many awards, Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I made I literally there may be awards, but for me, it's just it's just such a stressful occasion. Yeah. I can't, I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mashallah. But you know what? I think that integrity that you're talking about, having the pure intentions, has really benefited the Muslima app. And I think it really comes across. Like how I first came across Muslima was when there was that that big scandal was kicking off over that other Paratime app uh, who mm-hmm. was accused of selling the, the data. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then everyone was recommending Muslima as a very trustworthy alternative. And yeah, mashallah, I've been using it. I have it on my phone and it's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Um, I remember when, so it was, it was weird because that other player space, um, that other protest app was my sort of first ever app yeah. that I used. I just, I mean, I just remember thinking we thought the name Muslima perfect. It's specifically for Muslim women. Uh, it sort of says what the app is about, really. And, but then we weren't sure about just Muslim alone. We just thought it probably doesn't sound really techy. So mm. we're thinking of adding pro to it. 
you don't, you, for a long time we were like maybe we should add it just because people know of the other, the um, other app <laughs> it's you know and it's such a well-known app it could, you know it would therefore people would think it's associated and they would download it and we were so back and forth on it and then in the end I decided not to because I just thought just that word one word alone Muslima it's, it's a strong word mm-hmm. it's just you know we don't need anything extra we're Muslim women we're proud of it I think about it when it comes to our users it's just that these are my sisters and I have I come from a big family there's 10 of us and um, I have six sisters in total and I just think of it as you know, these, these are my sisters who are using it. And I could, if I was to do anything that was slightly uncomfortable, I wouldn't, I'd be slightly a bit shady, you could say. I would feel really uncomfortable. These people are extension of me and I'm doing this to benefit, inshallah, the ummah. I don't want to do anything that would hinder that. So it's such a no-brainer. I'm, I'm kind of shocked that the whole privacy thing had, had even happened. Yeah. Because we're here to help. We're not here to make anyone's life difficult. And that's the whole purpose of the app. Yeah, well, that, I think that's why the controversy was people were so shocked by it. Because here we are just trying to get prayer time. <laughs> that's all we want from us. <laughs> we don't want to think about our data going to the CIA or anything. We just want to pray. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's really funny that you mentioned you had six sisters. Because my husband has six sisters. And I've never, ever met another one who has a set of six girls. <laughs> Mashallah. Mashallah, that's so fun. It's, <laughs> it's so, it's so fun. And it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't imagine life without a big family. Like I want a big family. I don't know how mm. I'm going to make that happen, but you know, there's always someone there when, um, when you're stuck or, you know, you need help or, you know, yeah. you're never bored. And yeah, with all so the just, girls, you have lots of clothes to share, lots of, you know, hijabs amongst I mean, all of you. Well, they're sharing, they're using my clothes. <laughs> oh, so. <there> <laughs> so. Are you the older one? I'm the oldest, yes. Oh, okay, yeah, right. okay, so they're all copying this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not copying, they're just taking it and they're running oh, yeah, off with it. <laughs> Mashallah. Uh, and the other thing I want to say, I'm really glad, again, that you didn't use Pro in front of the name because I feel like one of the strengths about Muslima is that this is a, this is an app that's made by Muslim women for Muslim women. And it's not, you know, a copy of anything else. It's, it's so unique and it's so tuned in to the needs of Muslim women, which is, it's the only one, isn't it? <laughs> that's so, such a powerful thing. Mashallah. Yeah. Thank you. No, it was, it's, I can't, I remember when I first started, I just thought, okay, I was really excited. It's a completely different set of things I get to do compared to sort of medicine. Yeah. You know, at, when you're at medical school, you're very much learning the conditions and then you're following, you know, you're part of a team and it's, um, you're sort of told what to do. But this was just, this is, this was just me being creative. Lots of ideas, you know, we're thinking about how do we make that come into life? How do we make solutions? How do we, you know, what sort of practical features can we make? And then knowing that the effect that you're going to create by solving this issue is what makes the whole process really satisfying. And yeah, so it was genuinely the whole process has been really enjoyable. I mean, I didn't want to do something that was already out there. What is like, what is the point of that? But also, I had no time really to, um, you know, to copy something. It was actually quite fun. It was like, okay, well, what sort of apps are there already out there on the market? And actually, how can we make it better for women? I'm so excited because I just remember thinking, oh, I can't wait for this feature to, there's so many of these features that I have, but like, I can't wait for it to go live and people to actually start using it. Um, so yeah, I slightly got impatient. It's such an honor. And the more, the more I was sort of thinking of solutions, 
I remember just thinking, why hasn't anyone done this before? I mean, it's quite slightly unnerving sometimes thinking, oh, I can't believe I'm the one who's driving this. Like, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I'm not anyone special, etc. And then I was, I mean, that does still, to this very day, haze me. I was actually listening to a lecture. They spoke about the fact that, you know, Allah subhanahu wa will only um, give you a task or something to do if he knows you can handle it. I mean, for anyone out there, if anyone's sort of feeling, well, why, you know, who am I to be doing this? Why am I, you know, I'm not anyone special. Like Allah subhanahu wa has, he's made you and he's made you know, all the thousands, um, I'm sorry, millions of people, billions of people, I'm sorry. <laughs> so thousands and thousands. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, and, um, you know, he's, and he specifically chose you have everyone to do it uh for a reason and yeah I try not to I try not to think about that just trying to think of what's on hand but it's it's such an honor to make the features and have people use it and then we have a lot of people alhamdulillah who give us feedback but this one 13 year old girl emailed us and she, she just said how Muslim has helped her pray and um, has helped her become a better Muslim and at 13 I mean at 13 I didn't even know you could email a company let alone and then bless her She's so sweet. She, she suggested a bunch of um, suggestions, and I just I love this. This is a, I, you Make know, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, I, yeah, so it was. It was when when you have that effect from a thirteen year old girl, and I just remember thinking at thirteen, just getting into practicing Islam, but it was such a trying to figure out who, what my identity was, and you know, it, the app was able to make such a difference, and. I remember that that day I was just so tired. I think I just I just finished medical school, and it was like one or two months before I started F one. So life as a junior doctor, and I was just literally thinking, "Oh my god, the countdown until my life sort of ends begins <laughs> in like two months." And I was like, "Oh no!" And then we've got, and I was just, I was remember really being really worried about how I'm going to balance still developing Muslima and um, working as an F one. Yeah. And then that email came and I just thought, okay, you know, you don't know the effects that you're having and the, where your efforts are going to, but I, I just think, you know, if your intentions are pure and the work, the effort that you put in, it will pay off. You may not get everything. You may not realize actually the full effect that you're having here, but it will sort of pay off in, in the hereafter and it will all come, you'll see everything, all the, all the effect that you have on the day of judgment. Inshallah. Yeah, there, there's a dua that one of my mentors taught me. It's, it's not a chronic dua, it's just, I think it's from her. But it's, it's so perfectly tied into this idea of Allah giving us his opportunities. And I'd like to read it if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Um, oh Allah, you know me better than I know myself. I believe in your oneness. You know my strengths, my weaknesses, my sins, and my good deeds. I live my life to serve and worship you. Use me, my Lord, for that which is pleasing to you. Use me in furthering this deen and ultimately bringing people back to your worship. I trust in you, Alameen. I present myself fully to the ways in which you will answer this dua and will do my utmost best to grab hold of the opportunities that you bring my way. Forgive me and make me sincere and use me for your sake, my love. Alameen. for everyone who's listening, but that's kind of what we're talking about, isn't it? Allah is giving us these opportunities. We just trust and we take advantage of them when they come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got deep there. Sorry. <laughs> no, it was. It's, it's such a good reminder. It's and just. I mean, I think the biggest word is trust. It's yeah. we don't even have to worry really about you know about the sort of result and result just because if you know you know if you were to give your mother 
if if she was to able to write down the rest of your life for you, mm. you know for sure she would write the best things. And Allah Spanda loves you like I think seventy times more than your mother. I think it's um said. In, in um, <laughs> there, there's yes, no limit and, on yeah. and and so why didn't you worry? And it's such. I mean, I I do this all the time, and then it's yeah. So it's such, it was a good reminder. And yeah, just and I I believe you me when I first started it when I first started writing this idea and thinking about you know okay, how am I going to make this come to fruition I had you know it was I did not anticipate um, attention from across the world I did not anticipate presenting Muslim to the royal family I did not I mean I I remember used to, I used to watch Dragon's Den I used to get PTSD I used to hate it <laughs> and then I had to pitch for a competition and wow. I ended up winning Believe you me, I had no idea. Like, I did not think in six months' time from when I first started it that any of that would happen. Mm. So it's, yeah, no, um, it's a really good mind, actually, yeah. And um, just like I'm freaking out right now about (laughs) how to make Muslim balance with work, um, just have to have faith in the process. That's it, that's it, yeah. No, I feel the same way about Texas days. There's so much to where I, I, I started. Um, it was just a hobby to collect stories <laughs> and I had no idea like what I was going to do with it or where I'd take it and the alhamdulillah like there's a community that's going on and it is helping people and people are like finding jobs and they're finding you know, support and uh, amazing. making career changes with it and alhamdulillah I think with these things oh I was even just thinking you know, 10 years ago I uh, it's like my anniversary coming to the UK and I am in such a massively different position now <laughs> back alhamdulillah. then alhamdulillah 11 years ago I wasn't even Muslim so you know it's uh it's these humongous changes you have no idea where your life is going but you just have trust in Allah and um, Mm Amuji is listening to you and yeah he knows yeah alhamdulillah Mm -hmm. Mm. okay let's let's bring it down to details now (laughs) 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 um so one thing I was thinking of as you were talking about the balance between building the cinema and going to medical school and now work yeah. off the bat that's a huge amount of time <laughs> so your time management skills must be amazing mashallah but also you're saying those are two very different ways of thinking so how how were you <laughs> going through this how are you balancing both of those i think before i remember thinking oh i'm an organized individual I'll be able to, you know, I'll be, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fine. And then time, time management, in my opinion, is literally you make every single second count. So before a train journey to university was just a train journey to university, but that train journey to uni then became, okay, a time to answer messages, yeah. uh, respond to emails. It's, I mean, it's, it's kind of depressing. Like life is never the same again. You're always, even <laughs> just walking to a certain place, you're just figuring out, use that time to figure out okay this is what I'm going to wear at this event or this is or just even start thinking about a speech that I'm going to make or you know uh, a meeting might be coming up and just going through the agenda in my head um so it, it was is literally when and I the one big thing that I um adopted was waking staying up after Fajr yeah um which is it literally for me makes or breaks my day um and you can I mean you know there's so much baraka um during the time just after the time of fajr and and it comes through and then I always act shocked like oh wow I did so much 
and in the morning and it's like well you know it's, it's been said so been said. um i shouldn't act surprised so um it's 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 i would say looking after yourself so the the day ahead starts from the day before yes. so sleep early things you eat before you go to bed make sure they don't have caffeine or high amounts of sugar and, and do what you need to do when it comes to sleeping well so that would be an hour before you go to sleep switch off your phone in the screens yes exactly yeah. um, unwinding yourself whether it's reading a book or writing things down um, about your day or you doing even just reciting the du'as that you have to pray um before you go to sleep then and then getting up for fajr um pray the du'a for waking up doing you know getting ready and then just starting your day with um bismillah and i would i for me i would always write down what it is i want to achieve what it is i want to do set realistic times um in order to compete because that will push you to compete it for um in that time um, period and then um always always have something in the end of the day that you want to look forward to that would that would get me through my day it's yeah definitely the way to balance both is to definitely have a good reasonable schedule have um things during the day or at the end of the day that you have something to look forward to mm-hmm. you have to you have to give yourself breaks it's the one thing i yes. wouldn't give myself to do i wouldn't i don't know why but i wouldn't um starting breaks um and when i say breaks it's not like you know half an hour doing nothing no do something like a reward um to look forward to because you know you work so hard uh wherever it is you do whether you're um bringing up a family or even just going out there to to um to work it's a lot of stresses that you're going through you put yourself through that you need to do something at the end of the day or throughout the day as a reward Mm-hmm. otherwise it's it's not you know this dunya i know we're it's, it's like a um prison for the believers but you know we are we, we are told to enjoy it as well so sort of like work hard play hard really <laughs> i remember oh, i'm gonna really mess up the paraphrasing because i just very, vaguely remember this but in one of al-ghazali's books um you know he's talking about the dunya and and just what you just said how it's a prison but it's it's more of it's that launching ground where you're building these skills where you're ever, you're always striving to get closer to Allah by the skills that you're building in the dunya. Um, so when you're going through your busy day and you're making these plans, um, it's always, well, I think it helps me to think of the person that I'm becoming, um, by doing this. So I, I break things out into OKRs. So I'm like, okay, so that's my key objective and the objective. Uh, that I'm trying to achieve is to be the best Muslim that I can be, inshallah. And then these things are going to help me do that. And I, I drill it down even to having this dinner <laughs> tonight is going to help me make a better Muslim because it's making my body healthy and all that. Alhamdulillah. It, it's all, it's all that mindset. And I really love what you said about the breaks. That is super deeply important. And then I think it's one of the hardest things when you're the one who's in the thick of it to tell yourself to take a break. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so easily done. It's, so, <laughs> but you, it's not, I mean, it's, I think people confuse breaks with time wasted or yeah. they think it's a, it's a luxury. It's, it's very much not, it's, it's very much needed. It's, I think a break should be rephrased to recharging mm-hmm. yourself. Um, because you only work better, um, after you have that sort of time off or that time away. And, you know, you want to sort of, 
I think get into the mindset of you know you're being rewarded for the hard work you're doing otherwise it just becomes a chore and you burn out so much quicker so in the in it's it's sort of you earned it in a way so that's I think people just need to it's about myself as well changing that mindset it's not a break it's a um chance to recharge and then come back stronger and then keep at it Mm -hmm. one of the things that I was struggling with in the whole mindset of taking breaks and I think self-care as well I think of self-care as like pampering or like bath products (laughs) and Mm -hmm. um and I would feel like well I'm not really that into that um I'm just going to keep working and then I had to redefine it as recharging, like what you just said. And then I had to connect, like, I feel really recharged when I'm in nature, when I'm outside or when I'm looking at a plant. And so then I bought lots of house, house plants. <laughs> and when I have my breaks throughout the day, I'm like stroking their leaves and listing them and just loving my plants. <laughs> you know what I heard recently? So I did, I don't know if I haven't verified this, but my, I was told by my aunt that apparently the plants, um, they do bigger. Oh, mushroom. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh my God, let me just go to being cute and buy all the plants they have <laughs> and be surrounded by that. I just, I mean, need to get that verified, but I just think it's just, there's a lot of information about this, like a lot of, yeah, a lot of things that we just don't know. And I mean, if we knew that, that would just be like, we would, I'm pretty sure every single Muslim household will be filled with plants. Filled with plants. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I just realised there's so much things we don't know about the religion and how much it could benefit us as well. Be, imagine being surrounded by, like, you know, plants that just are continuously, like, every size of the go. Mashallah. But let's get that, that verified first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <definitely. laughs> I, I've heard vaguely that as well. But, I, you know, we also know in the Sira that the, the plants and the rocks, the trees, they would all give salams to the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There's that story about the, there's a palm tree in, in the, in his mosque. And, uh, they had to, uh, hazard the, they, they moved the minbar. So there was a different location and they heard the tree crying because it was so sad to be separated from him, subhanAllah. Yeah, basically, I approach it like there's no limits in Allah's creation. We don't know the unseen. Yeah, yeah there's, mm-hmm. there's all this stuff that's going on and we just have trust that it's all. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Mashallah, <laughs> uh, I'm really enjoying this talk with you. We are really going, we're going there. <laughs> I know, I was going to say, this is how I'm, I thought this would pan out. <laughs> See, it's that, it's that organic conversation I was about, subhanallah. This is a good one. Um, well, let me just go to my list so I can see where we can bring it back down to. <laughs> okay, this is a really good one because a lot of people, I think, who are listening to this are going to be thinking this. So when you started, we already said that you didn't have any tech experience. You had an idea and you had a passion and you you, know, you wanted to do this. And so I know that you use a no-code tool to get started. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later you moved away from the no-code tool and then you, you built the app. So yeah. what were sort of your experiences with that? So I actually liked it. I liked it mm-hmm. in the sense of it was actually putting sort of sketches I had um, into real life. And this was, even though it was um, anything amazing design-wise, it was actually, I could actually sort of physically see how the app would look and, you know, we can play around with it. And like I was like, Exactly. It was a prototype. I was able to show people rather than explain it to people. People were able to play around with it. Rather than me explain it, they would just see exactly what uh, features would do. 
and I was in control of it in terms of it was down to me what you know how much was made whereas when it came to a developer it was just very much you would say something but you had to push it through mm-hmm. um, and, and you're not really in control of it and I I didn't get that sense of frustration with building it on the no code tool but the limitations were that you couldn't do much with it because it's very limited in terms of what you can build and then also the processes you've got to learn how to go about even doing what it is you want to do and it took a while but it was it was fun because it's a new skill set that you're learning mm-hmm. um but I as I've said it was so hard being patient about I just wanted the app out there for people to use so it, there were there were benefits of actually oh another benefit is the fact that you can see from the prototype what's working what's not working mm-hmm. so you save a lot of time then when you're telling the developer what to do you you know whether something works or not because of how the prototype went down. Exactly. Yeah. So that's actually how we use no code at my work. So I, I work for a development agency and uh, we do a couple of apps as well. And we use a no code uh, what's called? app driver, app driver. <laughs> and we use it for fast prototyping. So when we have an idea for a new feature, we'll put it in there, we'll send it to a couple of the clients who want to use it, and then they'll say if it's working or not. And then we'll go ahead and build it. The complexity that we have on the actual mm. code it, it just cannot do it on the code so it's really just connecting wireframes making them clickable um something yeah. that users can kind of engage with and then taking the lessons learned taking the research learned and building it yeah that's definitely a big advantage yeah yeah i didn't realize how complex it is to code i remember i remember <laughs> when i had oh, sure. i remember the idea of what was the, it was one sticky thing that we had i can't remember exactly what it was and i remember the app developer being oh you can't do something like this and i was like why not why not <laughs> you know? um and then he's like okay we'll have to figure it out and stuff and i mean i couldn't even try to give him suggestions so i didn't know what to do but eventually it, it you know it, we were able to figure it out what was it i'm trying to remember but it was such a long process and i can't even imagine what sort of conversations the developers had with each other in order to like make it work no, that that's how it is. That's the life. <laughs> yeah, you definitely have to have it. <laughs> the pain is real. Yeah, there's there's lots of features that are just impossible. But that's why it's fun to have a prototype. <laughs> and then you can simplify it down into your MVPs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually another question I had for you. Because I, I know that, well, even from the conversation, you're so driven, so passionate by this. You had so many ideas for what you wanted to do with Muslima. So how did you narrow down your scope into an MVP? So I did did like a focus group. We focused on two things. One, which was what were the issues that Muslim women were struggling with when it came to faith and life. Those sort of issues were our priority. We showed them the features and asked them which ones would you want to see go out first. From that, we were able to decide, okay, the biggest sort of pain point was the fact that the Muslim women had to stop part of their day because they were struggling to find a place to pray in public or they had to miss prayers, which is, um, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you can understand. It's just one of those things that just makes someone feel really dreadful. Mm-hmm. And then so therefore it was just about, okay, well, this is what Muslim women are struggling with. This is what we need to roll out first. And so it was very much from what our users wanted. Yeah. Ashla, so now that you've reached the one-year milestone, what kind of features are next? So we were we wanted to roll out our peer tracker, yeah. But then we, because we had a lot of interest 
we're focusing on our, I mean, I've not announced it yet, but... Um, okay, sneak peek. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we may be going international quite soon. Because oh, um, okay. we're, we're just in the UK right now because it's, you know, each place space we have on um, with Sumar is verified. It's not just something that we pop yeah. from Google. It's, you know, we are, we contact every mosque, every every prayer room. We make sure the information there is valid. It's not just identifying whether there's prayer areas for sisters. It's about opening times because, you know, you may go there and then it might be closed. You know, it's about people on the ground who are verifying the information. It's been a collaborative approach. So when we've gone international, it's about, okay, who's on the ground there, who we work with. And maybe we've had to make a few changes as to what the next features are because our needs change. When the pandemic first came about, we were going to launch like two weeks before we went into lockdown. <laughs> and that, and um, and then uh, I, I remember everybody saying to us, oh, we're two weeks behind Italy. And Italy went into lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I just thought, well, there's no point of us launching now because mosques and everywhere is going to be closed in about two weeks. Like, it hadn't been announced, but I was like, if that's where we're going, I was like, there's no way we can launch this cinema. And our needs have changed and cons- constantly changed. And I think the pandemic showed us. Yeah. I very much thought we would have launched and the time was going to be spent putting out any bugs and glitches mm-hmm. and then that happened and so you don't really know a with you have to be you know one thing I've learned is that you have to adapt you may have a plan but you have to be flexible and see what's out there and respond to what people are facing yes yeah that's it you have to be very adaptable that's the number one Definitely. thing we've learned from this alhamdulillah one of the things I love most about this map is that the prayer spaces are verified, that there's ratings, that there's pictures. Because there's so many times when I looked online and a place said that they had a, a prayer space for women and you go there and it's actually the janitor's closet. <laughs> <laughs> Has the Muslim app had an impact on how masjids are offering space for women? I think mm. I think what that what we when we came to our research, what we realized was that there are certain mosques out there. The mosques that do offer sort of areas for sisters mm-hmm. they do it like sometimes they do it really well and then those that don't it's not something that you can you I mean I think what we realize is that there's a mass there's a massive massive discrepancy when it comes to some masjids with their sort of sisters for women and other mosques that don't and you know there's mosques are brilliant, some mosques are brilliant when it comes to I mean, with classes or circles yeah. for sisters. Yeah. But I do think things are changing because we have to sort of re-verify the information because building works, the sisters' yeah. facilities may be closed or the mosque may be closed in, to- in, in general. You know, when we re-verify information, there are definitely mosques which didn't have facilities for sisters. That is changing. Slowly, a lot of mosques are aware that they need to accommodate for sisters and you know, it's it's a lot of this fundraising as well. It does take time. Yeah. But um it's I mean it's no excuse. I'll be honest, it's no excuse. <laughs> I, I do think things are changing. Yeah. And there are a lot of I think now, especially now, there's a lot of debate about it. Yeah, and when we did our we did our sort of list of Eid Salah that were open for, for Muslim women, you know, a lot of conversation happens like how is this even a thing? Like why is it that we have to make a list? <laughs> like it should be but yeah, Everywhere. Um, and my, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, but I, I do think things are changing. The, the mosque is a space for all of us to learn about our deen, and yeah. um, it's a community. So I, I do think things are changing. Attitudes are changing. Mm. Um, I think it's more about attitudes and what people grew up with. Mm. That's what makes a difference. No, that's really interesting. It's really good to hear that. Alhamdulillah. Uh, 
Subhanallah. As as reflecting back on the first masjid that I went to when I was a fresh Muslim, so super new, and alhamdulillah, it was so welcoming to women. Um, and it had it, it it was a very small building, but they still had a nice space. They had a clean wudu area, <laughs> you know, basic stuff like this. And um, they had classes, and I remember like it was such an important. Such, it was, more than it's so vital as a fresh Muslim to have those female friendships and to see mm-hmm. you know Muslims who are practicing and to be welcomed at the mosque. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were having you know, we were all pretty young we were in university. We would have like parties in the in the mosque basement, and the imam would come and join us and stuff. And it was all super inclusive and, and friendly. Alhamdulillah, and that was that made such a massive impact on the kind of Muslim that I became later. So it's so so important to have living masters i i mean not just as a fresh muslim as just like just in general i so i obviously got um finished medical school mm-hmm. and now working but when we were at, when i was at uni we had such a good isoc mm-hmm. society and now when i'm at work I, I can totally feel it like we have a prayer room of course in the hospital yeah. But it's not the same thing as the prayer room at uni because the prayer room at uni, there'd always be like a masiha, there'd be like a class and there'd be reminders that you, you don't even, I take for granted so much. And now I, I, I'm, I'm missing that completely. I mean, I can, I can tell that it's affected my dean and it's affected just, just my normal day to day life. And so that prompted me to like join an Islamic class. Yeah. So it's, and if there wasn't a mosque nearby, it would, and if you had sort of facilities for sisters or classes for sisters, I would you know, t- totally join. Um, we have to we have to make an active sort of effort always mm-hmm. when it comes to our dean in terms of learning knowledge, getting the reminder. You know, you feel like you've learned enough that you go to like Islamic school, mm-hmm. but it's never ending. Seeking knowledge, there are loads of um, events that happen, and we do actually. Sorry for the plug, but um, we do have a <laughs> um, events page on our website and it's all sort of Islamic classes that are open for women um so you know you don't have to worry about whether an Islamic event is just for brothers only mm-hmm. the events are all for sisters and they're all free as well so if money is an issue you don't need to worry because alhamdulillah alhamdulillah alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. <laughs> sorry for um, the plug but you know if it's gonna help this is the place to do it <laughs> <laughs> alhamdulillah oh this is so good I feel like I could talk to you for like another hour <laughs> <laughs> Um, likewise likewise yeah. <laughs> uh yeah let's start uh wrapping up so i always have three questions i ask everybody at the end what are you most proud of what was your biggest accomplishment what makes it really really special for you Ooh. i think just hearing the feedback i think when mm-hmm. someone emails or says oh you know i use so much to find a place to pray or the say it helps Muslim helps me become better Muslim. Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah, that's definitely the biggest achievement for sure. Um, yeah, no, that that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that's a solid mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what is something that you regret or you wish you did differently? I wish I didn't worry as much. Mm. I yeah, I wish I just just. I mean, I, I get so mad at myself for even saying this, but I wish um put faith in Allah's plan mm-hmm. and not worry not worry at all about you know what's going to happen what's not going to happen and just have that would have I would have enjoyed the process much more 
Yeah, that, that's true. It's a problem, but it's 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 really hard to to have that trust and to let go like that, let go of your worries. Like, it'll always get us there. So far away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what is something or someone that you're most grateful for in your pet journey? Oh, um, I have to say, I have to say, okay, yeah, all the Muslim women who gave up their time to test the app to give their feedback this was before the the app was even this was before the app was even was even had even gone live and you know when yeah when when this was obviously the during the prototype and when yeah. we didn't even have the attention that we had from the fact that it didn't present to the royal family because before that we'd even um win the pitching competition so this was just you know when that happened things changed mm-hmm. but this was when people just you know were happy to give up their own time and to talk and to test the app when nothing really had happened mm-hmm. for us yeah that and the people who believed in me at the beginning like one thing that i always have to remind myself is don't bother about what people are going to say to you people always have an opinion mm-hmm. just do what you want to do and as long as it's not affecting your close family and friends mm-hmm. Don't do things to please other people and that it becomes that cost of your sort of happiness. And the people who sort of helped me at the beginning were there for me when I had nothing really. Don't forget them and don't forget the help that they gave you at the beginning. All right, Aisha, that's all the questions that I have. Um, is there any last words of wisdom that you want to share? Yeah, so so I would just say anything that you're doing, wherever it is, whether you're working on a project um, or just even going about day-to-day life, just always have the intention of sort of pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and um and all, all the rewards you get from whatever whatever it is that you're doing is you know will all come through in the day of judgment and sort of not be taken away um so I, I know like for instance if you do something that is like something that's good but you're actually doing it to please someone else and on the day of judgment you're like no Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, look I did this for you and then he'll be like well actually no you didn't do it for me you know uh, you know all that good that you did mm-hmm wasn't to, you know the intention was wrong it was to please someone else why don't you go you should go to them and um so yeah so it's just always keep your intention um sincere and genuine and i promise there's help that comes from um from places you don't you wouldn't even know and also just also sort of anything that's not worth like if you, if you actually realize no i'm actually doing this to make someone else happy or please someone else and it sort of goes against Islam or whatever, um, or the Muslim will be pleased with it, you'll realise you'll save yourself from doing such nonsense yeah. <laughs> So as well. So, um, yeah, and, and always just always to start with bis- Bismillah and even the struggles that you're going through, even that, you'll be rewarded for that as well. MashaAllah. So Perfect. everything's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Everything ticks. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, thank you so much, Aisha, and um, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Salaam. Such nonsense. So as well. So um, yeah, and and always just always to start with Bismillah, and even the struggles that you're going through, even that you'll be rewarded for that as well. Mashallah. So everything's worth it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Everything ticks. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, thank you so much, Aisha, and um, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Wa alaikum salam. I hope you like that story as much as I did. 
Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to it. Please consider following us and leaving a review if you like this episode. That really helps us a lot. And if you're a Muslim woman in tech, please go ahead and join our community. It's free. It's fun. It's supportive. It's a great time. That's all for me. Assalamu alaikum. Yeah. Yeah.